But there is a lot of conversation about what is police reform. Hello, welcome to Shop Talk, where we will talk everything Scottsdale Police, answer your questions, and bring you updates and other news around the department. Now, here are your hosts, Chief Jeff Walther and Sergeant Kevin Kwan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number five of Shop Talk. I'm Chief Jeff Walther, your host. Excited to be back for another episode uh, with my my trusty sidekick, Sergeant Kevin Kwan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great, to, great to have you uh, again this month. Uh, last month was great. We're going to be back to normal this month with a, a kind of a normal episode. Uh, last month we did uh, domestic violence awareness. Had yeah. some great guests on for that, uh, but we're going to be back. Uh, th- we're back this month with with some good stuff. A lot of great questions and our special guest, which I'll introduce later on down the uh, down the road in the show. But uh, super super happy to have the honorable mayor of Scottsdale, David Ortega. And we'll we'll uh, we'll get to that after we get to the great questions uh, that we have that the that our citizenry has given to us via social media, and uh, it's just great to be back. Uh, it seems like a month goes by awfully fast, and um, I'm excited to be back with everybody. And our listeners uh, continue to go up, and I continue to get uh, great feedback from our citizenry on things that we've um, that we've been doing. So um, great to be back, Kevin. Yeah, Chief, it was great last uh, last month uh, to have the domestic violence folks and our PCIS uh, representative here to really just talk about the warning signs of domestic violence. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's kick this one off just with a reminder that to our listening audience, if you have topics or ideas that you want us to focus on, you have people that you want us to bring on the show to to interview, to hear from, and their connection with uh, with law enforcement and the Scottsdale Police Department, please Get with us at uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, and just let us know your thoughts. We're we're very interested. That's the whole idea behind a Scottsdale PD podcast is really about that interaction, that monthly interaction, the questions that we get, and uh, and to bring on interesting guests like the one we have today. That's right. All right, Chief. Let's get right into our community questions. There's a lot of discussion about police reform going on in the country. Can you share your thoughts about this issue and what Scottsdale PD is doing? If, if anything, really, in this area? Super timely question. We get that question uh, quite a bit. Typically, that focuses on uh, discussion about that, that's that gone around uh, around the country related to this idea of defund the police, which I'm happy to say we, we are not seeing um, in Scottsdale or in, or in Arizona at all. We have great support uh, from the mayor and city council. We have great support from our citizenry. But there is a lot of conversation about what is police reform. And so I will tell you right off the bat that for us and for me, police reform in this country starts with accreditation. Uh, and a lot of people are like, okay, what, is that, what does that mean? Well, what accreditation does for police departments is it really brings in uh, a, a third-party set of eyes to really review your policies, practices, procedures. You hear a lot in police reform that discusses pattern and practice. And so Scottsdale Police Department had a, a visionary chief uh, in the early 90s in Chief Mike Hidingsfield who really pushed for accreditation through CALEA, which is the Commission on Accreditation for Law Enforcement Agencies. It's a national and international accrediting body that has uh, police departments in the nation adhere to 464 model policies and standards. And so uh, we've been accredited through CALEA since 1994, and uh, we're on their gold standard, so to speak, uh, and just continue to, to be accredited. In fact, we just finished up 
uh, a part of a two-year component uh, where they reviewed, again, uh, many of our policies uh, and procedures. And so what's great about that is that when I came back in December of last year, one of the things that we had we started to look at was accreditation through the new Arizona Law Enforcement Accreditation Program or ALEAP that is run through the Arizona Chiefs uh, group. And so really our, our folks have worked very hard on, on, a, on getting that accreditation through ALEAP. And I'm happy and I'm glad that the mayor's here today so that I can kind of brag on us a little bit in that I was just in Laughlin last week at the Arizona Chiefs Convention where we received our Arizona accreditation. Oh, great. And it's a big deal for us because we are the only, the only municipality in the state of Arizona to be duly accredited through CALEA and now through ALEAP or the Arizona Law Enforcement Accreditation Program. For me, that's first and foremost when we talk about what does police reform look like? What it looks like is now we hold ourselves to 508 model policies and standards that really dictate how we interact with the public, training, uh, everything that you can think of in yeah. terms of really dedicated policy that our officers and our professional staff stick to um, as we as we kind of run the day-to-day -day, uh, operations of this police department. So that's first and foremost. Uh, get accredited, get accredited, get accredited is what I talk about related to what police reform truly looks like um, in, in our nation and in our state. And we've noticed that, I mean, through the last, say, three, four, five years, that it the, the police reform has, there's never been a actual, this is really what we want the country to do. This is really what, what, what all police agencies to do. So having this accreditation really just sets us apart from we're already having higher standards than, say, a normal police department would have. Agreed. And that's really the idea of, the, like again, those 508 uh, standards that we adhere to. Some of those come from 21st century policing, but many of those standards obviously um, come from well before that or evolve as we evolve um, as a profession. Uh, to really include just everything you can think of, uh, things that we've added recently are about de-escalation or duty to intervene. Those are all part of those standards that we uh, adhere to and that we've committed to. And so it's great just uh, getting uh, that dual accreditation. You talk about de-escalation. It's kind of one of the great points to talk about. When you started your career back in 1994, um, kind of explain the difference of how we've evolved since then. I mean, a lot of it must have been you do what I say because this is the law and, and the evolution of just policing has morphed so much since then. Absolutely. It's really, I think we've really um, worked hard at, at getting to a place where policing is looked at as, as a, as a incredible profession that very intelligent people come into very, uh, uh, very good communicators. And that's really what I'm looking for in new hires is people who are exceptional at communicating because we communicate with people every day. Fighting people into handcuffs every day really is a misnomer in law enforcement. We talk to far more people uh, every day than we do get involved in a fight or a chase or anything that you, you typically see on TV. And so, yeah, the idea today is we're just much better at training today's police officers, I think, than we were in the 90s and the 80s and the 70s, paying much more attention to the idea of being part of the community and not just uh, and not above the community, right. and that's where we see ourselves in Scottsdale PD. We definitely are 
part of the community, when you're part of the community, you, you see everybody in that community as an opportunity to create relationships and leverage uh, that relationship with one another to make a, a safer Scottsdale. And you kind of mentioned hiring, so let's get into our next question. Uh, staffing shortages appear to be plaguing many police departments around the country and the valley. Are we seeing this issue with Scottsdale? And if so, what are you doing about it? Absolutely. It's actually been pretty frightening around the country. You see major police departments. My, my brother and, and sister-in-law are in from Seattle, and you see Seattle at the lowest numbers uh, that they've had in terms of their sworn population in the last decade. Wow. If you look at other uh, organizations, NYPD that's struggling with uh, with filling those seats, uh, Chicago PD, pretty much every police department that you look at around the country and around the valley, uh, Phoenix PD is having their struggles with filling a few hundred positions. Uh, I'm currently sitting at 12 sworn vacancies, and that really is is a, a kind of a byproduct of 30, right around 30 uh, retirements that we've had in the last 20 months. Those are both planned retirements, people we knew were going to retire, and those who crossed a 20 or 25-year mark and said, I'm out. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. And you see that around the country, people getting out of law enforcement who historically would have stayed another three, five, seven, ten years uh, just because there's an, there's an atmosphere in the country related to law enforcement that that is a, is a bit negative right now. And so you see people getting out. We've been very fortunate in Scottsdale that uh, we're still drawing a lot of great candidates. We're drawing a lot of great lateral police officers from those states that I, I think um, our listening audience would say, oh, I get it. A lot of lateral officers from California, Washington State, Minnesota, Illinois, yeah. Maryland, uh, that they're getting out of those places and they want to come to where the where it's a great city, the weather's beautiful, and they have great support from, from uh, city government, council, uh, the mayor, and our citizens. So we are seeing, we do have some vacancies uh, but that's really about the the 30-ish retirees that we've had or retirements that we've had in the last 20 months. And my personnel section uh, division led by uh, Director Jill Bain and uh, Melanie Barrett are doing great things to, to bring more people on, to recruit more people. So uh, we're working hard to fill those positions. So I mean, it's kind of a testament to how our staff is working since we really have seen the majority of the baby boomer population that is now retiring and we don't have the full population to subplant that workforce that's gone. So by by Scottsdale doing their recruiting and, and showcasing how great we are, it seems to be offsetting a little bit of the retirements. Yeah, agreed. Sadly, the hard thing right now is that we're seeing fewer and fewer people wanting to come into the profession. Now, what's been nice is that those people who are coming and are applying and are recruit testing, I think I'll be at a recruit testing this week, um, they're really good. Yeah. So we might have fewer of them, but the caliber of those people who want to get into the profession is actually very good. Yeah. Step up in yeah. and serve your community. Yes. So fantastic. We're hiring. We have openings. We do. Please apply. Check our website, please. <laughs> All right. Changing topics a little bit. Uh, this is November. So the big thing for November is Thanksgiving, Veterans Day, kind of the holidays. Absolutely. But the thing that, we deal with from the police side is Black Friday. And lock how, your car. Lock your car. How <laughs> crazy Black Friday can get. 
So what advice can you give people as Black Friday comes up and especially with the, the long, long holiday that's going to be playing? It was kind of the, you know, how I interrupted you right there, lock your car. Yeah. Be surprised the number of, of reports my folks are taking related to you left a laptop, a purse, uh, something of value on the front seat of the car. Uh, most criminals are, uh, they take advantage of opportunity. And sometimes we leave things in the car in plain view that somebody looks at and says, I can break this window real quick real quick, yeah. and, uh, and, and get away with this. And so um, lock your car, make sure that you're paying attention to those people who are in and around you. Um, it's just being, it's just about being aware, being self-aware of what's going on. Uh, that, and that also includes your driving. I, this is going to sound like the old fuddy duddy in me, the 51 year old guy that I am, but it is, please pay attention to the speed limit that the, the amount of traffic uh, on the roadway on Black Friday, the n- amount of traffic in parking lots at Scottsdale Fashion Square or any of our great shopping venues, uh, Scottsdale Quarter, they're going to be packed. Right. Just slow down. Slow down. Watch your belongings. Take things of, of, imp- of, of value with you. And just, just be more aware of what's going on. If you can prevent an, action, an accident or a crime if you're just paying attention to your surroundings and, and that's really the, I think the most important thing is just pay attention to what's going on around you and, and, and don't be a victim. Don't, don't make yourself an, an opportunity for uh, somebody who has nefarious intent um, on the holidays. Right. You talked about uh, paying attention and being aware. And we used to grow up with the fact of, hey, if you're going to be at night parked by a light or exactly. something of that matter, what we've seen is a little bit of it, it really doesn't matter anymore. It's so quick. Like you talked about with what we affectionately call smashing grabs. Yes. It's so quick that just be attention to the people looking at handles, grabbing handles uh, of doors and cars and all that. Call us. Call us about that because that's how we prevent the next victim from being there. Agreed. One last thing is is I, I harp a lot on firearm safety. Uh, if you have a gun, which is absolutely your right, uh, please reconsider leaving uh, a you know a gun in the car. Usually, what's going on now is people are breaking into cars and they're stealing guns. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if you if you don't want to carry a gun with you, certainly your right uh, to 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 do so or not to do so. But if you're just going to leave it in a vehicle, leave it at home. Right. Uh, what we see is guns being stolen during smash and grabs or car burglaries where they get in and now they have a gun that they didn't have prior to uh, to that car burglary and that uh, that makes us all less safe. Right. All right, let's get into a little bit of the thing that we like to call event season, which is coming up in the next few months. What is Scottsdale PD doing to prepare for them? And also, what is your favorite event that we host here in Scottsdale? Oh, my goodness. Really going to pin me down to an event because then I'm going to mention an event. and You can say all of them and, and everyone will all be All of the events are amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, my, my favorite event is the Barrett-Jackson Auto Auction. Mm. I love old cars. Um, I, I love old hot rods. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll bring my grandsons uh, with me this year, five and three. And my, my five-year-old grandson loves cars. Yeah. And he loves kind of the Lamborghini, the Ferrari, that kind of stuff. So I think he'll have a great time there. So I really enjoy the uh, the auction. Um, not for the auction portion, but just to look at the cars. And what are we doing? Yeah. In fact, we started doing some of it as we are creating uh, public service announcements. Some of the things that we're doing um, to really help our folks, and this actually connects with the last question, 
um, with Black Friday as well. But we're working hard on creating uh, public service announcements for our folks, um, our citizens, our winter visitors, our regular uh, tourists that when they come here, our business owners to really increase their level of safety. And so we've been working on a series of public service announcements, uh, be it up at the trailheads, uh, be it in Old Town, uh, be it at the you know Fashion Square, about safety and about those things to keep everybody safe, to, to uh, prevent them from being uh, crimes of opportunity. So that's that component. Right. The other component is that we've really, we're really ramping up our preparations as we expect to see the Super Bowl in 2023, which is going to be the same week as the Open. In fact, the Super Bowl will be the same day oh. on that Sunday as the final round of the Open. And so we're going to be very busy. And so we're in preparation mode for events, even as far out as 2023. But for our regular signature events, we're already in the planning stages to make sure that we have um, things uh, locked down and safe. Which is great. I mean, we hosted it. Super Bowl 43, 42, and then the one afterwards that we had. And, and it was really cool to see the changes from the first time we hosted it to the second time. And now this will be our third time. So yes. we've kind of got a little bit of background to to levy off of. Then, oh my gosh, this is our very first time. So right. it just keeps improving every year. I think we're, we've gotten pretty good at it. We'd like to say that the, uh, no, no offense to any of our listeners, but we like to say that the, the game happens over in Glendale. And then all of the nightlife and entertainment and uh, and a lot of the kind of the sightseeing happens in Scottsdale. And we, we, uh, we embrace that. And we're excited about that. All right. So this is a great question because it relates to the Super Bowl and the Cardinals. I mean, they unfortunately just lost last Thursday related to uh, their undefeated season. But what do you think about the chances that the Cardinals have this year? And do you remember the last time that they were there in 09 and, and what changes the PD kind of had to evolve into that? I think the Cardinals have a great shot, probably the best shot that they've had in, in many years yeah. to make the Super Bowl. Very exciting. It's a it's a great time to be a Cardinals fan. I mean, it's always a great time to be a Cardinals <laughs> fan, but this year is just a little bit uh, a little bit better. And so, yes, I remember 2009. I was a commander in 2009, but we've had a Super Bowl. Oh, that's the last that's time the they That's the last went. time the Cardinals were in. Yes, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes. So, um, yeah, in, in I mean, I'm trying to do my math here in 2009. So we're in 2021 and in, you know, 12 years, that time period, we've technology wise, we've really, we've really enhanced the level of technology, um, our criminal uh, intelligence unit in terms of how we look at social media. Yeah. Uh, social media has really been the, the place where uh, most information is exchanged now in 12 years in terms just terms of technology and, and, uh, and how we respond to things. So um, little tweaks here and there, but um, it's going to be good. Yeah. And I mean, it's like you got these questions ahead of time because you jumped right into the social media postings. Uh, we've been posting a lot about our heat unit, H-E, little small A, a yeah. small A-T, yeah. um, and, and the great arrests that they have been making and the impact that they've been doing in our in our city and in, in the valley in, in its entirety. What can you tell us about the community, the community about internet safety, privacy concerns, and, and just what our heat unit is doing? Sure. So for those listeners that uh, don't know what heat stands for, for us, that is human exploitation and trafficking. That's a unit that we rolled out this year, a newly created unit. We've always been doing um, exploitation crimes uh, in investigations and internet crimes against children. But what we did was we brought them together in a singular unit. 
and uh, really it's it's dealing with human trafficking, uh, sex trafficking in particular, and then internet crimes against children. And boy, they have just hit the ground running and are doing some incredible, incredible work. Uh, we say that, you know, we're Scottsdale is an amazing, amazing place, but we're also a place that has uh, 11 million visitors, uh, a, a robust and exceptional uh, resort community. And so we have the the events that we have, the size of the events, bring the Super Bowl back again. Um, sadly, what goes with a lot of big events and a lot of people in a large metropolitan area, you see a lot of human trafficking yeah. and internet crimes against children. And so we wanted to make sure that we were on the cutting edge of investigating and having those crimes prosecuted. And wow, they've been um, they've been very uh, they've been very busy. Sadly. Sadly, and positively, they've been very, very busy with a lot of arrests um, and taking some very dangerous folks off the street. So um, kudos to uh, the sergeant of that unit, Nick Allenshaw, who's really been working hard, and uh, the lieutenant over the person's crime section, Lee Campbell, who have really done an exceptional amount of work in, um, in, in really bringing that together and kind of really leading from the front um, in, a, in a very um, sad uh, series of, of crimes and, and, uh, and issues in human trafficking and internet crimes against children. But having this unit is kind of one of those, every person that we can help take off the streets is just one less person that we have to deal with. Absolutely. That, that Absolutely. the public is not safe from. So even though it does seem really sad, we're, we're trying to do our part to make sure that we can take as many people as we can away from the streets. Absolutely. And, and like I said, kudos to the to the folks and our folks really who are working hard at this and, um, and doing a great job. We wanted to take a moment to thank you, our community, for sending in your questions to Chief Walther. If there is something you want to know, please visit one of our social media pages to leave a question for a future episode. Now back to Chief Walther and Sergeant Kwan with their special guest. Really having um, incredible guests on the show, I think is what really makes the show um, great. And I'm, I'm honored that uh, that our mayor had, took the time out of his day to come uh, spend a few time, a few minutes with us and and talk about his uh, exceptional career. And so I'll give you this the as I as I uh, introduce our honorable mayor uh, David Ortega. Uh, he is a registered Ar Arizona architect and designed many landmark uh, buildings in Old Town. He is a graduate of the University of Arizona and was an apprentice architect to Benny Gonzalez, uh, FAIA. Uh, the award-winning designer of Scottsdale City Hall, Civic Center Library, and Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, Mayor Ortega has been part of many professional organizations and committees, including the Scottsdale Downtown Architectural Guidelines Committee, part of the uh, Scottsdale Development Review Board, and, and the Maricopa County Private Industry Council, Maricopa County Private Industry Council, State of Arizona School Facilities Board, Governor's Latino Advisory Council, the American Institute of Architects, and Scottsdale Leadership. Mayor Ortega and his wife, Rosemary Gannon, have been married for 40 years. Congrats, Mayor, that's fantastic. And raised their children, uh, Alexandra and Luke, right here in Scottsdale. And Mayor Ortega, I'm just super happy that you uh, you took the time out of your busy day to, uh, to spend with us and take a few questions and, uh, and talk about your connection with Scottsdale and the Scottsdale Police Department. When was your earliest interaction with law enforcement? Just to give you a little background, uh, we're an old Tucson uh, family. However, I did grow up in Globe, Arizona, and we had the Globe Police Chief just four doors down, 
And uh, the other way, we had the DPS major for Gila County across the street. Uh, next door was Officer Skip Fink, uh, City of Globe. What brought you to Scottsdale? And I came to Scottsdale after uh, graduating from uh, architecture school, uh, not knowing anybody, and I uh, was as a, working as a, an apprentice architect. I've heard you have a great story about meeting your wife's family for the first time. Actually, um, it was at a Halloween party that I met an amazing woman. Uh, and um, by January, I got invited to have dinner with her family. And uh, we knew we had a lot in common, or I thought so, because uh, I have four sisters, and she has four brothers and a sister, and I have four sisters and two brothers. So eventually I sat down for dinner and uh, with uh, three of her brothers, and <laughs> at, at the other end of the table was uh, Chief Michael Gannon. Oh, no. The police chief of Scottsdale. Wow. And there was an empty seat to my left, and probably about 10 minutes after I sat down, my sergeant, Michael Gannon, in, in his full uh, <laughs> uniform and gun, and his, uh, he sat down with his chest radio uh, next to me, and we shared a, a great meal together. And by the time things got cleaned up after, after dinner, I, uh, I said to Marty, her, her youngest brother, who was like 6'3", and I said, gee, your dad seems rather quiet. And uh, he said to me, well, I'll tell you, he's spoken more with you than all the other boyfriends <laughs> put together. That's great. Okay, Mayor, which took more guts, dating the chief's daughter or running for mayor? Oh, wow, that's a great question. Actually, we got married in October, a year after we met, and I had no idea I would be running for mayor or a council for that for that matter. Before becoming a council member, did you have any interactions with Scottsdale PD? Another uh, situation I had, it was, um, in fact, it was related, I, I believe, to Scottsdale leadership. I had a, a uh, opportunity for a ride along. We met up uh, there at Shea and, and then um, we were having a snack at Chuckbox. Yeah. <laughs> and so there were two, two officers, I was with them, and um, they got the call, and uh, whatever the alarm was, uh, everyone dashed to the p patrol car, and I got the cage, you know. Yeah. That's where they put you right along. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, hey, okay. Anyway, we are just racing up. This is before you had the, the 101. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, yeah. And, and the lights and the desert area raced north, and the burglary suspect was the desert greenbelt burglar yeah sometimes they call him the rock, rock burglar, burglar yeah. and sure enough we found the uh, attempted uh, entry point and they saw some uh, footprints in the dirt and this and that uh, we were out there probably till almost four in the morning and uh, uh, a dps helicopter was called in and uh, we, there were no arrests made. They didn't catch the guy. But uh, later I was told that the um, DPS helicopter with infrared right. had, had uh, located the vehicle, a vehicle out in the desert that was, he was not caught then, but uh, that information was useful and, mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. led to his eventual arrest. When did you decide to pursue a leadership role in Scottsdale? In 2000, um, well, I did run uh, as city councilman. 
and I became the uh, the only elected uh, architect and, and councilman. I, I really enjoyed that that service. Um, I've always been a downtown architect. I've always been around uh, security issues, lighting issues, you know, best, best practice. And there have been some characters yeah. that have caused some mischief for <laughs> the PD. Um, what is something you worked on as a council member that was for the police department? In uh, the year 2000, we, we passed uh, Bond 2000, which um, uh, I think it was about 350 or $60 million, and it included a possible Scottsdale police helicopter. And uh, so I was invited to um, uh, do some ride-alongs, I ended up in the city of Mesa police chopper, and we uh, part of our duty was orbiting the Ho-Ho-Com baseball stadium <laughs> during a Cubs game. So I got a good look at that one. That's, uh, a, that's great duty yeah. right there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. They could uh, just turn on a dime. It was pretty amazing. And ultimately, the council decided to pass on the helicopter. Mm -hmm. So even though we had approved about $6 million on a buy, yeah. it was the maintenance and operation that was just out of question. Absolutely. Right? Hugely expensive. And for that reason, we, um, we went on to, um, of course, rely on the, the county. County, Mesa, Phoenix, all have been very good with us over the years and letting us use their airships when we need to. What is something you remember about Chief Gannon? Now, just to give you an idea, uh, Chief Michael Gannon uh, did retire in 89. And again, that was well before I even considered being a uh, running for office. Uh, Dad Gannon was an amazing person, and his, um, his daughter is just as tough as he is. <laughs> Absolutely. As fair yeah. and just, you know, so wonderful. Um, I was able to see the, um, the drawings and how things worked out for the Via Linda. And uh, so that was completed as he retired in 89. So uh, Chief Michael Gannon was badge number 108. Wow. Wow. Yep. He was the second police chief of Scottsdale. Yeah. After Nimitz. And uh, he came to Scottsdale in 1966 having retired as a lieutenant in the New York Police Department. So at, uh, after 20 years, he retired at the age of 41, and there was a job offer in Scottsdale, Arizona. And that's wow. how uh, he uh, decided. They have six, six children uh, uh, from uh, Queens, New York, and uh, moved out in 1966 as uh, part of Nimitz's plan to modernize Scottsdale PD. And uh, Rosemary and her brothers and sisters, uh, sister grew up uh, here. How were you involved as a council member selecting a police chief? So um, through this kind of journey, I ended up um, uh, as councilman back in 2000. And there were three candidates for police chief. And for some reason, I don't know why, I was the only uh, council member asked to uh, interview them. Uh, in fact, uh, it was perhaps unannounced, but I interviewed them in Chaparral Park. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was Chaparral Park, and it was pretty obvious uh, of the three that Alan Rodbell was the one. Yep. He lasted 19 years. 
He gave it uh, a, a lot, uh, and the integrity has grown. Uh, and so I was just really happy to be there. What did you do from the time you left council to becoming the mayor? I went into the private sector for the next 20 years. What can I say? Yeah. And, you know, come back as, uh, as mayor now. It's an honor to, uh, to know kind of the heritage and, and um, all the expertise that, Absolutely. Uh, that you bring. That's definitely the way to retire. So it, it makes me think, though, you know, you were here when you were a council member, and then fast forward, I think you said 20 years, and then you took office this year in January of 21. What are the differences that you've seen in that 20 years from the time you were a councilman to the now that you're the mayor? How have you seen the city grow or things that you've seen in that 20-year time period? And what's, what's that difference? Well, Scottsdale has always been, um, I'll call it a high-maintenance uh, clientele. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just our residents our businesses, it's the expectations that all the visitors, the millions of people who come here, you know, they, and uh, I've repeated this uh, several times, you know, we have a great reputation, mm -hmm. reputation. Uh, one, we're, we're beautiful, beautiful city. Number two, we're very clean. Number three, we're very safe yeah. and, and, and secure. And then, of course, we're, we're all into the wellness part. Yeah. And that means, you know, healthy uh, schools, healthy businesses, healthy neighborhoods. And you're right, right in the middle of all that. Yeah. One last question, uh, Mayor, if you wouldn't mind, is, is you know, you're 10 months into, your, into the new term as the, as the mayor. And kind of I'm curious to see kind of your vision for the city moving forward. Um, just kind of get, you know, to put it out there to the to the listening audience, how you see moving forward, how the city of Scottsdale is going to move move forward. Well, um, these are exciting times. I describe my um, my day as uh, let's just say half of it's planned and half of it's a surprise. Yes. Right. And I like that. I, I like designing uh uh, working with clients, I've been doing it as an architect. I put that aside, but really, those kinds of skills are part of the way I um, the way I lead. Okay. Uh, in terms of the vision, obviously, we worked on our general plan, mm -hmm. and uh, I know that we have such a high demand, um, event centered mm -hmm. uh, uh, city. We're well known, and th that depends on takes a lot of work yes that you're involved you know pregame and, and years years right. Uh, and right. ahead great that sounds great mayor i'll tell you that's the time really flew by and yeah. so mayor ortega just want to thank you for uh, for being on our podcast shop talk it's uh it's, it's kind of a labor of love for for uh kevin and i and for steve perry who does all of our editing so I just want to thank you for taking the time out today to visit with us and share some exceptional historical right. perspective about the PD and your connection to that history. And so my life has been blessed. My career has been blessed. I, I think we have an amazing city. I know we have an amazing city where uh, families and businesses can thrive. And uh, we certainly do count on you and you certainly uh, wear that suit very well. And I commend everyone that's involved in all of our safety programs, top to bottom. Outstanding. Thanks Thank you, Mayor, and to all our listeners out there. Remember that uh, every day offers, offers all of us the opportunity to be more in the service of your fellow human beings. So do great things, take care of each other, and if you have any questions, 
please reach out to me and my staff and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening in to Shop Talk. Tune in next month where we will answer more of your burning questions. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a rating on iTunes. Like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you should need us, we are only a phone call away at 480-312-5000. Have an amazing day and remember to always be more.